Welcome to WebRush, the weekly talk show that brings you stories of real-world development from industry experts and developers like you and me. Each week, Ward Bell, Dan Walleen, Craig Shoemaker, and John Papa find out what it takes to write, deploy, and maintain apps that stand up to the demands of the real world. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to Web Rush. This is episode 220. Today, I have my co-host here. We're going to talk about effective presentation and communication skills, and we're going to share some tips around that. And we'll talk about why you might care or why you might be able to use this, because even if you're not on stage, a lot of these tips are super helpful in your everyday and work lives. I'm John Pop, along with my co-hosts, Dan Walleen, Craig Shoemaker, and Ward Bell. And let's dig right in. Ward, you had a great question in the pre-show. I think you should lead off with that. Well, um, it was it was more of a, well, the question was like, why should you care? You know, you might say, I don't ever intend to stand in front of uh, a public audience and tell them anything. That's just not who I am. <clears throat> and so I have to ask you, well, would you ever want to uh, present effectively to your boss or in a status report or to a business audience in your company about why they should do what you think they should do? And I think, you know, you say, probably you're nodding your head, yes. And I say, well, you know, it's the same. I think it's the same skill. And I, I sit daily in meetings in which there is no agenda. Or when somebody gets on there and they start doing it and they have no idea what they're trying to convey or no good way of conveying it, I think, you know, that person could really use some practice in public speaking. And so that's why you should be listening to what what things we have to say, discounting, of course, for the probability that we don't know what we're talking about either. But still, um, <laughs> it, it, it may be worth your time to think about seriously about how to improve your presentations anywhere you need to present. Yeah, I, I like this. And, you know, I'll give you a quick checklist off the top of my head of if this is you, then you check the box on this. Have you ever been in a meeting where you didn't know what the point was? Have you ever been in front of somebody where you wanted to convince them to do something, but they just kept on looking at you like you had two heads, like they have no idea what you're talking about? Or have you ever gotten an email from somebody and you read it and you're like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with this information. And I'll tell you, that happens to me, all three of those, like almost on a daily basis. Uh, a lot of that is just, it's just effective communications, whether you're speaking or writing or, or anything we're doing. Uh, and again, Ward, as Ward says, we don't always know what we're doing with some of these things too, but I feel like I have been practicing public speaking for 25 years and I still haven't done it right. This is not something that just you get perfect at. You know, I'm not that person who's going to be the orator that goes down in history of, you know, this is perfect. But it's one of those things you constantly practice, you cultivate, and you know when you're doing it well because you can tell that the audience is getting what you're dishing out. So that's kind of to me of if those things resonate with you, then this is this might be an interesting episode. I, I think you hit on something good there. I, I, there's been times when I've been speaking and you, you there's just a vibe in the room. 
you can just tell by people's body languages, by the the looks on their face, like none of this is landing, none of this is hitting. Everybody wants to be somewhere else. And then I've had other times where I was just like, I'm having the most fun in the entire world, not because I'm particularly entertaining or anything like that, but because I can tell that the message is is it's hitting. And I think a big part of that just comes down to just like any other skill, you have to put in the reps. And sometimes that's hard when you're in a position where like you're not you know, you're not actively speaking at a conference series or something like that. But there's ways that you can start really small in order to get those and, and also to give you an opportunity to get good at the small things in order to build up your confidence. I mean, real quick, uh, what might be helpful for folks that are maybe, as Ward said, uh, you know, maybe you're sitting there going, I'm, I'm not going to do public speaking. I could care less. But like, John, what are some, I, I know specifically some of yours because I've dealt with some of these as well at work. Um, but what are specific scenarios outside of just public speaking, you know, where the skills you had in public speaking were applicable? And and I'm not even talking where you were speaking. It could be email. It could be chats. Like, and then maybe go around the room on that. Yeah, I'll pick on the email one, Dan, there, since you brought that up, because I think we've all gotten to the case where we, we get way too much email. Like, I don't know about anybody in this world who says, wow, I wish I had more email. Like I want people to send me more communications. Uh, and one of the big things I've seen a lot is sometimes there's different kinds of people. Some people send emails and it's really what I call an inform. They're just sharing information and it's, it's unidirectional and it's coming at you. Uh, some people share information and they're asking you to do something. Uh, and the worst ones are really a combination of the two where it's not clear what is it. You get an email, you're hearing a lot of stuff and reading a lot of text. And you might even glean that the person kind of saying they want you to do something, but you're not really sure what it is. Like, what is it I'm supposed to do with this? And the reason I call this out is that we are innately selfish creatures as humans. And we want to know, what do I need to do? Like, what is this about me? Right. As an audience member and your audience member getting an email or listening to a presentation or a meeting, you care about what you have to do with this. And with an email, it might simply just be, I've got 400 more to go through. <laughs> I want to know, do I need to pay attention to this one or the other 399? So I have four pillars of public speak, things you can go back to and, and you can question yourself when you're when you're like Craig was saying, when you're when you it seems like it's a dud and you're trying to say, what the heck is going wrong here? So you want to hear my four pillars? I'd I love do. to hear your four pillars. Can't wait. Okay, here we go. Number Hold on, one. Let me, get, let me get my notes out, Ward. Let me get my <laughs> pen out here. Okay, go, go. What's the problem? That's number one. Why should anybody here care? That's number two. Three. What are you gonna? What are we gonna do about it? And number four. How can we make this whole, what's the emotion here? What am I trying to emotionally achieve? And I think four is, is actually underrepresented in people, in the way people think about it. But, you know, I want to have a, I want to have the best possible time when I'm <laughs> having a conversation or trying to persuade somebody of something. And so I got to know what the, the emotion work that's hidden underneath um, the, the, you know, my presentation is all about how are they going to feel when I'm done? So it's like, what's the problem? Um, why does it, why does it matter? Uh, what are we going to do about it? And how do we feel about it? That's, that's what I cling to. And if you can 
make those things, keep those things in, in, in front of you and really work on them, you're going to have a good presentation. Ward, it's like we know each other. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to triple down on the, the emotional side. It's so important. Like you can have the other three and not have the emotional connection. And I don't mean like make somebody cry or laugh or yell. This is like you've moved something. You've related to that person that you're in your audience and they feel something like, wow, they feel the pain of the challenge or they feel like they want to help with the solution. You've really connected with them. That's so important. But I'm going to give you a fifth pillar on top of your five. And you tell me what you think. If it's not one of those things that Ward just said, cut it from your message. It's just distracting and it's white noise. And, you know, it's kind of like when somebody's telling you a story and they're like, they're about to tell you, here's who shot JFK. See, they were driving down the street. They're in Texas. And by the way, it was a beautiful blue car. This car is so blue. Blue is my favorite color. You know who else has a great color <laughs> of blue? Dan Wallin. He's got his own pattern. And it's like, what is going on? And I know I'm being facetious here, but if it's not part of the story, and I'll give you a more realistic one. Sometimes it's good to use data as evidence, but sometimes we add so much data to the story, it takes away from the things Ward's saying. So, John, one of the things I like about AG Grid, which is a, a data grid component for the kind of complex uh, grid scenarios that we encounter all the time in enterprise apps, one of the things I really like about it is that it works for a variety of frameworks, Angular, React, Vue, or, or just vanilla JS. Does that ring a bell for you? Oh, it really does. There's all these different companies that I work with where they have no choice but to use a lot of these different tools. They have different teams working on them. So being able to port their code or share that code and that technical investment they have is really important to them. Yeah, well, it's important to us, uh, ideally, we're a consulting company. And, uh, you know, we never know what our client's going to want to use, Angular, React, Vue, but they're all going to need a grid. And it's great to be able to reach for uh, the one grid that works everywhere, AG Grid. You know, at at any size company, too, because you could have these teams that maybe they only use one framework, but eventually they're going to switch to another one and be able to take that investment again and use it, reuse it is really nice. So if a multi-framework grid makes sense to you, you should certainly go over there uh, and check out AG Grid at ag-grid.com and tell them Warden John sent you. So you know who did a really good job in all four of these, uh, five of these things? was our own, recently, was our own Craig Shoemaker, who um, just put out peace for all the people out, you know, you know, people out there who have, or, or feel that they might be losing their, their current job, what, how to, you know, how to make lemonade out of the lemon. And I think in our show notes, we should put what Craig did in there. So people can go see how, how this this goes into action. How's that for you, Craig? <laughs> I think <laughs> that's <too> nice. <laughs> and one of the great things about Craig's, um, Craig's message with that too is Craig is really good. And this is another key thing I think to keep in mind a tip is less is more. You, you just say what you need to say. Say the things Ward just mentioned, right? What is the challenge? What are we going to do about it? What's in it for you, right? I mean, you can go through these things you don't need to say more than that. You don't need to pontificate. You also don't need to repeat the same thing over and over and over again. Um, everybody has short attention spans and doing it in a very short amount of time. What that is for you is up to you, but get the message out there and get them to act and move. 
Well, absolutely. And I, I think for the last six months, I've spent uh, an inordinate amount of time trying to build up a skill that I had no experience in at all. And that was copywriting. And as a, as a technically minded person, started out as the developer and then got into technical writing, there's a lot of different types of communication. And one of the things about copywriting is that exactly what you just said, John, is, is figuring out how do, you express, how do you express intent in order to do something with an emotional edge to it and then do it in the fewest amount of words possible. Um, and so I, it, what I'm saying, I, I guess, is that there's this discipline and these muscles that you can develop that will help you in your writing and help you in your speaking. It's just sometimes you have to push yourself outside of your comfort zones and sort of learn from these extra disciplines that can then just feed back into what you're already doing. I think another big part of that is... Uh... I guess, learning from your previous experiences and others, because one thing I've noticed is, you know, two and a half years ago when I made a big, big, big career change, um, I had to go in front of people a lot um, for, because I did a lot of corporate training back then. But then it switched to, yeah, you're talking, but it's much more meeting scenarios, right? Because, you know, COVID hit and everything was online and very, very different approach. And one of the things I realized is I was used to, you know, when you have to capture somebody's attention for a whole day, for an example, at a corporate training event, it's very different than you have five, 10, 15 minutes to capture someone's attention. And I'll have to admit that took me some practice and some like, I don't know, self-reflection, some learning to go, yeah, you need to get a little better at this because you're being maybe too, kind of what you said, John, you're being too, I'm. I'm being too long-winded, if you will. Like, okay, get to the point, which I might be doing right now. Um, <laughs> and so I think, I guess my point of this is, like, public speaking is great. I'm, I'm going to go back to Ward's, what Ward said, because I, I think it's just so valuable that even if you don't speak to big groups, you're still going to use this in team meetings. You're going to use this in maybe customer meetings and whatever it may be. And honing that skill of getting right to the heart of the matter, going through these pillars, like Ward said, uh, the emotional piece, you know, I'm, I'm writing up a newsletter right now that's going to go out internally. And I'm trying to highlight the wins that some of the other people that contributed did so that emotionally, number one, they get thanked, but also other folks might hopefully contribute. So I'll wrap it up by saying just because you're good at public speaking doesn't necessarily mean that translates to like meetings, for example, but with practice and the willingness to constantly improve, you can get amazingly better. And I don't know, I'd have to compare myself two and a half years ago. I might be worse now, but I think I'm better now because of practicing. So I think there's a lot of really good things to take out of what you're saying here, Dan. And that's the one I'll, I'll pick up on specifically is, when you said, you know, maybe you're worse now or better or, uh, and I don't mean to pick on you with this. It's more just for us to think about it's okay. Some, some days you're going to do better than others. Uh, for me, it's like, it's like exercise or it's like watching an NFL football team or a soccer team or whoever there's days. Some of those professional teams look unbeatable. And then the next week they just don't have it. Like it, you know, it's just not working. You know, it, it happens like that. And that happens in speaking too. That's why it's so important, as Craig said, is, is to practice your reps with these things. 
something I learned, and I'll, and I'll save who this person was in my uh, tips for the end, because I want to share this. I've, I've picked up on a new speaking coach uh, who's on social media, and it's absolutely phenomenal stuff. And one of the things he pointed out is it reinforced the pause. And he had a new take on the pause, which I liked. There's, and he talks about it in the rate of your speaking. And the way he goes about this is, and I'll try to emulate this a little, is you know, when you're talking about something and you're trying to get out there and get energy, you want to do something fast like this and keep your voice moving because it generates energy. But you have to slow down when you're teaching the thing that you want them to pick up because they have to have a moment to absorb the instructions. And then you can get faster again when you want to regenerate energy again. And the pause is important because they need time to think. It gives them time. And sometimes an extra long pause like that <laughs> is super helpful because it gives and, them a moment to really think it's about what you're just doing. Creepy. It is. You've got to play with it, right? You've got to play with it. I thought we lost There's you there, John. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> it is definitely hard in just audio, but uh, this was a great tip that he put together. I'm going to find this person. It's actually up on TikTok, but he's also on YouTube. So. I really maybe think more about the rate that I speak. It's absolutely true, John. And and I I actually have been using that one for a very, very long time. Uh, it was taught to me by my father, who was a radio, a sports announcer. And really? that business oh yeah. And that business of uh, of controlling this, the pace, and then and then just ha- hanging that hook out there, because the thing I really want to say. The thing I think you really need to know is that your talk should never be more than 20 minutes. All right. You know, I mean, and and somebody sits there and has to parse it. Um, now, by the way, I just said that it should never be more than 20 minutes. But but Dan was just telling me, well, I've got these workshops. How do I go for hours and hours? And I and I was I was thinking about that because because I really like a twenty minute talk. I don't know about you guys, but I was thinking about what's the I do you know, too. You, yeah what do you, what do you do in there? What are you guys doing in your workshops? And the the thing that struck me is is obvious is that it is a sequence of twenty minute talks of twenty minute sessions. You're always breaking it up into that. Yes. And, 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 and if you look at the, you know, what's happened with movies now on the, on TV and stuff like that, you've got episode after episode that we binge watch. We can, we can be there for hours, but we're there for hours. Wait, wait, wait. We, I got to interrupt you, Ward. Are, are you telling me future episodes are going to be like two minutes and we're just going to get like, <laughs> please no. Wasn't that the quibble or whatever <laughs> that is that didn't work out? 20 minutes is my minute. 20 no, minutes. But you know what? Hey, uh, like Craig's thing that we refer to five minutes. Right. And it just so, but there, if you have a long form, like you have an episodic show like Game of Thrones or God forbid, one of those Star Wars spinoffs, each one, <laughs> every freaking podcast. <laughs> you did that on purpose, Ward. <laughs> uh, uh, and that's the emotion work that I was talking about. Every one of them has is a cliffhanger. And, and when I go to your workshops, John and Dan, you know, each episode there is relatively short, but it has a cliffhanger because you kind of leave them at the end saying, but there's still a problem. There's still a, uh, and we're going to get to that. 
you know, and so that's what keeps me binge watching. That's what keeps me alive in your workshops. Uh, and that's part of effective public speaking. Yeah, it, it's a great point. And the length is so dependent. It really isn't. It depends right on on the context, who your audience is, what you're trying to convey. I mean, sometimes 30 seconds is all you really should have. You know, you're trying to put something out there in social media, uh, the elevator pitch, the classic, you're meeting with executives and Dan's trying to pitch his scenario for the cloud, for example, 30 seconds, yep. man, get it out there. Uh, you know, trying to put together a regular session. I think 20 minutes is, is good for a story or episode. I agree with you. Absolutely. And workshops are just a series of those. Have, have you heard about how the supposedly, this might be an urban legend, but how the pitch went down for the movie Speed? No. No, the guy who wanted to to make the film, I don't know if it was director or producer, whomever, sat down with the uh, the movie executive and said, "I want to make Die Hard on a bus," and <laughs> and that's what the movie is, right? But yeah. but the idea of being able to take every everything about your main idea and distill it down into a single statement gives you that north star to where okay now you can communicate effectively and that can end up being public speaking or writing or whatever but it's distilling your ideas down in a, in a really crystallized way or like sharks in a tornado yeah sharknado exactly so craig craig just did another thing that you need to do in public speaking he did it so naturally but it was really critical which is yeah slip in a compelling anecdote in there give breathes life into it and so, uh, you know, if I just sit there and talk principles of programming, da, 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 I can do that. You know, I can get that done in 20 minutes. Maybe I can do it in five. But you're snoozing until <laughs> I give you um, that that example that you can relate to. And, and that's actually one of the things we try and do in our podcast here. I'm going to slap us on the back here. We have a guest in here and they're talking about their latest greatest la, la, la. And they give you some architectural <laughs> astronaut <laughs> baloney you know and but we love say, all what? of our guests yeah we, and we uh, love all of our a guests disclaimer we, we love our guests Ward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it happens it happens and we gotta say okay but can you bring that back to jack and jill going up the hill to get you know fetch a pail of water oh yeah and now suddenly i get it so right hey, Craig did it naturally just a couple of seconds ago. So wind it back and see what he did. I like the anecdote mentioned too. So I, I want to talk about that and dig in a little and, and kind of pass sort of Dan because the anecdote like in, in Craig's, he mentioned Speed, the movie. Now, I'm willing to bet that a lot of our audience has at least heard of Speed, if, if not seen it. They, they may have at least heard of it or they could Google it and, and go there. Um, Star Wars, something Ward mentions all the time. He does that on purpose because everybody has heard of it, even people who don't like it, like Ward. And, and I'm being serious. It, it's a good anecdote because people get it. What's not good anecdote is telling somebody about something only you know about or you and your best buddy or saying, I was talking to Sally last week and Sally and I, oh, it was so funny. And everyone's like, who's Sally? And what are you talking about? Dan, you use anecdotes all the time, and your favorite theme is food. So <laughs> I do, can, maybe you I do seem to tie in food, but I, I'm going <laughs> to say that John has contributed to my love of anecdotes through food as well, especially with his pasta analogies. A pasta and, and ravioli and lasagna. Oh, and yeah. So many architectural principles done with Italian food. No, we, uh, John and I used to do a JavaScript patterns talk back. This is way before you could do like, even JavaScript classes or anything like that. Yeah. And we had, you know, we had pictures of spaghetti. We had uh, ravioli for the patterns. 
I think we might have had one more pasta, John. I don't remember, but but people got it. it. Yep. People. Oh yep. yeah, it was on it. Yeah, that's it. And people got it though because, like you said, Ward, it wasn't. Well, maybe we did techno babble a bit um, to use that term. But then as soon as the picture went up and went, okay, this is how we've been doing it. It was a picture of spaghetti. This is how you could do it and make it more organized. And it was a picture of like ravioli, you know, and without saying anything techno- technological, everybody goes, oh, okay, I get that. And then you can go into why and all those pillars, uh, Ward, you talked about. And it's also emotional, isn't it, Dan? Like people have emotion about food. Oh, yeah, because it makes them hungry. And uh, no, uh, there's obviously more to it than that. But yeah, I think the the big takeaway here, though, is like like you said, uh, Craig, uh, oh, shoot, what did you say? Not the shark NATO reference, but how do you describe <laughs> the bus? Uh, die hard on a bus. Die hard on a bus. And anyone who's seen now, granted, we could be in the story you shared, John, where it's Mary and you're like, who's Mary? So if you haven't seen Die Hard and you've never ridden a bus, I guess it won't resonate. But (laughs) a lot of people have and people go, oh, okay, well, Die Hard on a bus. Even if you've never seen Speed, you probably can get the gist of it. You know what I mean? Just from that one teeny sentence. So and Ward, I mean, you're expert at this. Probably, I'd say of all four of us, Ward is the best at coming up with these great analogies and anecdotes. I don't know, Ward, what are your thoughts on that? Like Squiggly Be Gone. Yeah, like Squiggly Be Gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just want to say that every episode of our show is Die Hard on a Bus. So that's, uh, <laughs> keep coming back to that. <laughs> I thought we were Sharknado more focused, but anyway. Well, we could be that. Some, 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 some shows are really just Sharknado. It's like, no, no. They brought in another <laughs> flying shark? No. Uh, in fact, I just found a nice site that talks about 16 films that are diehard on a fill-in-the-blank. So I'm going to share that one out here with everybody. Uh, good reference there, Craig. But I think anecdotes are super important, Ward, in stories. And I think people struggle sometimes with that because they're like, you come up with a story. What if it's not compelling? What if it's not good? They think about, oh, it's got to be once upon a time or it's got to be so in-depth. It really doesn't. Like Craig said, die hard in a bus. Like, paint a picture. You know, or like Ward says all the time, Star the Wars, but I like explanation it. explanation I've ever heard, Craig. <laughs> die hard on a bus. I'm like, that's genius. <laughs> and Ward, what is it you should say? Oh, this show was great. It was Star Wars, but it was actually good. You know, <laughs> so like that. Are you building a web application? Need to deliver it soon and don't have the people to do it? Maybe you're not sure your company has the skill set or experience to do it. And maybe we can help. I'm your host, Ward Bell, and my day job is building applications for companies like yours. I don't do it alone. I'm president of IdeaBlade, a consultancy that specializes in enterprise web application development. We're particularly strong in Angular, RxJS, NGRx Redux on the front end, and .NET and Microsoft technologies on the server. We're a small, tight-knit group of people handpicked by me for their expertise, experience, integrity, and team spirit. Maybe we can help you with architectural guidance and hands-on development. And if there's something we don't know, and in our field, really, there's too much to know, we can draw on our personal connections in the Microsoft RD, MVP, and Google GDE networks, as well as our international circle of really great developers, people we know and trust personally. If you've got a project that's keeping you up at night, Shoot us an email at info at ideablade.com. That's info at ideablade.com. And now back to the show. So let's talk about how, how you might come up with that, because the, the you know, um, 
one of the things that was true, like uh, Dan was saying, where you have you have a theme running through it to help hold the story, you know, the other story together, and then you just keep um, making points that 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 hold off of this theme, and it, maybe it's a food theme or something like that. Um, you know, it doesn't hurt to try and just pick a story that you like that or a theme that like that and build your talk around that. Uh, and you can pretty much throw a dart at something. You can take the Brothers Grimm and, you know, uh, throw a dart at one of their stories, you know, R- Little Red Riding Hood. I don't know. And um, and just say, all right, I'm going to use that to tell my technology story and let your imagination work with that um, so that you can follow Little Red as she's going to grandma's house and meets the big bad wolf. And, um, and then you can have fun with that because there's that big bad wolf moment. And then, then there's the triumph at the end, you know, you see what I'm doing there is you just, you just plant that. And that gives you a, a visual theme for your, your talk. And you're going to have the audience with you because everybody knows Goldilocks and the, and, and the big bad wolf, they know it. And so, so here's an, here's an exercise keyword that I went through at a class years ago. You should make me think of this. They wrote down an index cards. I think there were maybe 20 or 30 of these little stories and they would just write red, little red riding hood or, um, Hansel and Gretel or things that were completely resonating and people knew stories of, and they handed them out to just, it was like an improv speaking thing. And then we had to somehow at five minutes to figure out how do we somehow work in whatever card we picked up into another topic that we were going to be talking about. It could be technical in this case, like how do I use uh, react to deploy website? And try to figure out how to work it in. And we only have five minutes figured out because any more was too much. Any less wasn't enough. And then we had to speak about it for two minutes. Uh, none of us did perfect. But it was such a great exercise to go through because everybody knew the stories. Like they were all completely, you know, widespread stories. Um, but it made you really think about how can I get this point across? And the fun and the emotion was already there. Like didn't have stretch for it's it. Pre- pre-built. Yeah, like a, a framework or a template you could use. I, I was going to ask on that topic, Craig, because you do a ton of writing, not only, uh, I guess you could say personal, but also for work. Um, what Do you have any process you go through? Like if you have to explain, because you've had to explain a lot of more complex co- uh, topics, right? I mean, especially in your job. Is there a process you go through to evaluate how you present that? I mean, we talked about the pillars Ward had. Do you have any process you go through on walking people from start to finish? I need to distill it formally better uh, to have something like what Ward does. But essentially, anytime that I'm trying to teach something, the, the code is, is the story that I'm going to tell, right? So I start off, I, I, I'll write the sample or get whatever. And then from there, I have to figure out, okay, well, where are the natural breaking points? That is easier said than done because oftentimes there's catch 22s inside of things where you need to understand that to understand that, but you really need to know that to get that. (laughs) Um, And so it's finding those natural breaking points and then getting a logic flow. So I have to start off with base concepts and then what can I layer on top of the next thing? What can I add to the next thing in order to create something that hopefully makes some sort of sense in the end? And that discipline is different for something like at work, what we call a quick start, which is like you're supposed to be in and out in five minutes versus a tutorial where I'm going to take you from point A to point Z 
with something relatively significant. So one of the things that I wanted to, to bring up, and John, I think you're probably the best person to articulate what this is, and that is the hero's journey. So that's kind of a, a storytelling framework or trope. Like, what are your, what's your sense of the hero's journey? I appreciate the, I appreciate the comment, um, but I, I want to give credit where credit's due. I, I actually work a lot of my conversations and public presentations out with the, this exact group. And Ward is the little devil or angel, depending upon which shoulder I guess he's on, you know? Ward, something Ward said to me years ago resonated with me. And this is how I kind of get the hero's journey out. And to explain a little, the hero's journey is like you try to make the audience be the hero of your story. Uh, not you, uh, not some third party, but it's all about them. So you're talking to an individual audience member. They all feel like they're all talking to you. Uh, you're talking to them specifically. So how do you make that person feel like they are the hero or heroine of the story? And Ward says to me a while ago that really resonated. And that's not what are they going to be able to do? Not what are they going to do next? what are they going to achieve? It's who will they be? Who will this person be if they do whatever you're trying to put down? Like what the message you're getting across? Because it's a difference. It's a subtle difference of, yes, this person's going to learn X, Y, Z, or who will this person be? If you do this thing with this technology, you are going to be the person at your company who, you know, saves blah, 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 or does this thing. Um, it's what a hero does, right? Think about any story with a hero in it. The person goes through their own transformation. So how are you going to transform them? So I try to think about who is that person going to be? And if I can't figure that out, I know I have a lot of work to do to figure out if this is a compelling enough story or not. So thank you, Ward. Well, and thanks, John. I, I didn't remember that I did that, but it's it ring true. <laughs> that sounds exactly like something that you would say. It does sound like Ward, Ward motivated me with that story. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and a, a common variant of that is that the hero starts out as not being heroic at all and, and kind of lost and not, you know, and a little bit of a doofus. And maybe they're, you know, the guy that can't get the girl or the... You know, the girl that nobody wants to talk to, you know, and um, and so they have room to grow. And I think that's part of that emotion work we were talking about, because that's your audience is sitting there saying, oh, man, I'm no good. I don't know this. Da, 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 da. What am I going to do? And now at the other end, you know, I'm flexing. Right. I'm going to you're going to be able to flex at the end of that story. And that's um that's that's powerful. It, it truly is. And we all have different ways of doing this. Like when I look at the, the three of you, Ward has a natural innate ability to drive energy and emotion. Like I think if I could pick up the best key to his public speaking, that's what that is. He, he drives emotion and which really makes me care about what he's talking about. I mean, he literally sent me a video seven years ago about how to sharpen a pencil and I was enthralled. I mean, <laughs> being completely serious. <laughs> it was just enthralling. <laughs> Dan's best skill is that he can tie a zero to 60 story together so smoothly that you are learning whatever you're going to learn and you know nothing about it on the moment you walk in and then you know everything you need to know and feel confident you can accomplish this by the time you go out. His transitions are seamless. And Craig just, I always feel like when you're talking, Craig, you're only speaking to me. Like the other people in the room aren't there. And that's, that's a skill. 
what I'm trying to get across here is that everybody has their own superpower. Everybody listening right now, you all have a superpower. It's unlikely, and, and God bless you if you do, that you have all of these things and more. Like you are, um, you know, the most, you're, you're Socrates, Plato, et cetera, on, on public speaking. But you have something that people are interested in, whether it's your technical knowledge, your storytelling, your brevity, uh, ability to fuse the emotion in. Figure out what your superpower is and lean into it. Don't worry about being like somebody else. Lean into the thing you're good at and double and triple down because your unique skill is the thing that will drive you far in this. Now, I'm going to add to that. I love that, John, because it's so true because everybody has, I mean, we're all you know unique individuals, obviously, but I'm going to go back to one more time what Ward started us off with, and that is why would you do public speaking? And what you all just talked about, I, uh, I just had a scenario at work where I had to kind of pitch, if you will, a scenario we've been working on with another group and I want to get this other group involved. So I framed it in, you know, first off, I tried to make it very short, but I framed it in a way that I guess you could say makes them feel like they could be the hero of the end story if they would just get involved. (laughs) And literally, as we were talking, I just heard back from this guy and he's like, yeah, let's meet. And he's going to set up a meeting. Now I'm not going to say that my phrasing and because it was just a team's chat was like phenomenal. But my point of this is that, you know, Ward, you started off, why would you want to do public speaking? Well, there's so many scenarios where you need to get that emotion or you need to feel someone feel like they're the hero or whatever. Um, And these skills apply to all those scenarios, you know, meetings, for example, you might start that off with a story instead of jumping right into the tech. So everybody gets it. And one of the nuances that I think is, is good to add here, and I'll throw another movie at, at us is that to think of your the person that you're talking to is the hero, but you are Morpheus and they are Neo, or you are Yoda and they're Luke. So your job as the the speaker or the teacher in any one of these contexts is to to point the way, to you know lead them down the path and sort of allow them to uh, find out these things on their own. But when you sort of think of it in those terms of Guru is the wrong word, but if you know you're just a couple steps ahead of them, and you're leading them down that path. But their success um, is what's most important. That can help you in your thought process. Right, you get out of the way by the end of the story, and they feel empowered to carry on without you. They won't need you. You don't need me. Well, I, I got you, you know. Which is why the Gandalfs and the Yodas and all them tend to disappear in these they movies, disappear. right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they do. Hey, this is a really great discussion. I want to wrap up as our final tips, maybe being a final tip on this topic from each one of us. So I will uh, defer over to Dan. What's your final tip on speaking communications? Uh, Practice, practice, practice. But I'm going to also mention there's a lot of folks who are very intimidated uh, by getting into public speaking. And I've probably said this way too many times, but there's this impression, I think, that people that have been doing it a long time just get up and they're never anxious about it or nervous or whatever. It's a lie. <laughs> um, I, I could pull out segments of my talks where I could tell you, yeah, right there, I actually had to take a deep breath because I was I was really nervous. Um, and it's not because I'm like thinking I'm going to fail or whatever. I just it's just a natural thing. And my, my wrap up to this is that I read a book recently 
that said it's so important to reframe anxiety as your body's indication that, hey, this is great. Like, go out there and nail it. You're amped up. Like, all your senses are ready to go. So instead of viewing it as a negative, view it as a positive. That'd be my final thing. Don't let that hold you back. That's a great tip. Ward, what's your final thought for the audience? Forgive me, but I think I'm tipped out. I mean, I I mind my reservoir, (laughs) and the reservoir is empty. Um, so I'm going to hand it on. Sounds good. And, and Craig, what's your final tip for the audience? I think I've shared this one before one time, but it bears repeating. Uh, so, uh, my church in Florida, the pastor there is just, he's a world-class speaker. It's just incredible. And I pulled him aside one time and I was just like, okay, I have this talk coming up. What are your best tips you can give me? And he said, and this is the best thing I've ever heard, memorize your intro, memorize your transitions. After that, have fun. And I, I think if you can nail those things, that really helps take a lot of the anxiety off because at least you have those those guideposts and you know that they'll be smooth. The last thing I'll put in the show notes, but there is a, a copywriter that I've been following and paying a lot of attention to. His name's Kieran Drew. Uh, his whole tweet feed is just phenomenal uh, advice and tactics on how to get better at copywriting. So maybe you check that out and learn something. So I, I I want to circle back before you go, John, because Craig uh, Craig there reminded me of something, which is that first sentence, the first words out of your mouth, those are the ones that really get right. Uh, make them count. Absolutely. Don't bury the lead. Just grip, get them. Get the audience by the throat with that first sentence. Uh, it doesn't have to be on the nose. It just has to be riveting enough so that their eyes are on you. Excellent point. And, and I'm, I'm going to uh, do the opposite of word here. We're going to have three tips uh, as we go here. Because a couple of things we've been talking about as we go through, and there's so much, by the way, that we're not getting into, uh, but it's also kind of like golf. You don't want to go learn to take your swing by learning the 300 things you got to do to take a golf swing at once. Practice one thing at a time. Uh, so my tips here are first, I'll kind of pile onto the memorize that first sentence. Uh, Craig and Ward both kind of alluded to that here. I am notorious for never scripting anything. It's just not my style. It doesn't work for me. It's not authentic for me, except my first sentence. And the reason I do this, and it's literally just the first sentence, sometimes it's only the first half of a sentence. It's because I want to know if I'm walking on a stage, what's the first thing I'm going to say? If I'm opening a meeting, what's the first thing I'm going to say? If I'm ra- raised my hand and called on in a, in a meeting, what do I say? At the email, what's the first sentence of the email? Because think about it as the audience member. When you're reading the email and there's, let's say, 3,000 words in it, how many of those do you really read? You're almost guaranteed to read the first 10 or so words. After that, it's the law of diminishing returns. So remember, the, in, in front of an audience or a meeting, the first thing you say, you have the most attention at that time from your audience. They are deciding whether you're worthy to listen to or not at that point, and whether they're going to take a nap, check their phone, or do what they're going to do. Grab their attention up front. Don't start, for example, with, hey, is the microphone on? Um, can everybody hear me? <laughs> hey, I see there's lights back there. Hold on a sec. Are my shoes untied? Um, you know, just making sure you're all here. Can everybody see me? Okay, that's good. Don't do that. Even if you feel like you need to, memorize your first sentence. Um, there's lots of ways to deal with nerves and anxiety. I, I, I swear to you, if you do that, it will help a ton. Number two, read the room. When you're talking to your audience, don't forget about them. 
you can read their body language, their eyes, the comments if they're in a chat in a Teams or a Zoom call. You can tell if you have attention or not. Read the room and be willing to adjust, to shorten up, to speed up. Um, sometimes that's my cue when I feel like I'm losing the room a little to change my pace, my tone. Uh, it's, it's, it's helpful to know, hey, what do I need to do here? Think of it like in football when they go to the two-minute drill. Sometimes the quarterback goes to the two-minute drill because they're reading the room of, hey, I'm going to run out of time here. We're not really moving very well when we think about it too much. So read the room. And number three is the person's name. I'm going to spell it because I'm not sure I pronounce it. I've never heard it pronounced. V-I-N-H-G-I-A-N-G. And I put it into the no show notes. This gentleman's on TikTok. Uh, I found the link and propped it into here. He has these wonderful 30-second tips on public speaking, and they are killer, absolutely killer. So my tip to you is go watch it. He has classes too. Um, I'm actually thinking about signing up for one myself. Um, he's excellent, and I've yet to hear him say something that is not just spot on. So kindred spirit here. I want to thank you all for joining this episode, all of you out there listening. Hopefully this was a little bit helpful for you and you picked up on at least one tip today that you agree with. Uh, if you disagree, that's totally cool too. Remember, be yourselves out there. Uh, and thank you for Craig, Dan, and Ward for sharing so much of a lifetime. I think there's like 100 years of public speaking between the four of us, so <laughs> maybe something was useful out there. <laughs> and thank you for listening to us to get out of the week and for our sponsors, Idea Blade, Narwhal, and AG Great for keeping us on the air. See you next Thursday.